Welcome back to Youth Network Unfiltered. Today we're going to be discussing a really interesting topic and one that is really relevant to us and one that really needs to be discussed a lot more. And it's really important because of everything that's been happening over the past year, especially the pandemic has really been affecting young people. And we need to really think strategically about the next steps, right? So today we're going to be discussing Young Newton and the youth sector. And we have with us, we have Rahid, the director of Youth Network. We have Meryl, our youth worker. And we also have Ikra, who is a young person we've been working with, which is really great that we have that voice with us today. So I think the first question I'm going to ask, and I'm going to direct this to Ikra, if that's all right. I'm going to, it's quite a pointed question and you feel free to, not pointed, um, general question but feel free to take it wherever you want to take it and the question is what do young people in Luton need right now so you can connect it to your own experiences or you can connect it to discussions you've had with your friends um but yeah what do you think about that question what do you think young people need in Luton right now so I think the most important thing that young people need right now is definitely guidance and they definitely need mentoring um, and a lot of young people feel like they're alone and um, they don't really know what they're going with life. They don't really have direction. Um, and a lot of this is because you do with like the fact that they don't have like older people to kind of mentor them. So I think guidance is probably the most important thing that they need right now. Guidance. I think that's great. And it kind of is a great transition into our work as well. I think I'd like to ask a follow up question as well. Thinking about the events over the past year and I know you mentioned that today was your last day of college and you mentioned that you haven't really been going into college because of obviously of COVID everything's mainly, mainly been online how has that maybe affected the support you received has it do you think you could have gotten more out of it how has that maybe changed any upcoming plans you might have had yeah so I think a lot of people they had the problem where um you know online school wasn't the best for them they found it very hard to concentrate, um, especially with me coming from someone who thought they were disciplined and kind of had their stuff together. When it came to online school, it became very hard to kind of focus and that kind of work-life balance was kind of, you know, it wasn't really there. Um, and I think also just, you know, sometimes seeing teachers in person can really help you. There might be things that you want to discuss in person, which are very hard to get through online, or you might just be shy, you don't want to, you know, speak um, online. It's very hard to get your words across um, via text or even, you know, just speaking without that kind of like body language or that one-to-one -one interaction physically. Um, but I think in some aspects, the schools did try and help us. Um, I know for STEM at least, we were allowed to come in on Saturday and Sunday to like kind of do work and just kind of ask for support if we needed that. And I think that really helped because it kind of made it seem a bit more normal, like this whole situation. Yeah. yeah definitely and I think you obviously touched on like how the situation it was tried like you it was uh, made to feel as normal as possible but obviously you still it was still a very difficult situation and I think we're all collectively dealing with that um so what I am what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to go to Rahid now to discuss a bit about what Ikra's just said, especially in terms of needing guidance. I think that was a very like key word there. And how an introduction to how youth network fits into providing that, because that is a need. 
Thank you so much, Katija, and uh, thank you so much for that, Ikra. That was really, really cool. Um, and you've kind of hit a little bit upon the point of youth work and the whole purpose of youth network. So youth network is a, supposed to be a sort of a safe space where young people can participate. And you don't really know how young people might want to participate or what sorts of things they want unless you really listen to them. And I think particularly in the past year since, you know, COVID has been with us, it's kind of increased the divide. So there's been a disconnect perhaps between the, the main bits of a young person's life. So um, the sorts of conversations they might have with their parents, what home life looks like, what school life looks like, because let's be honest, young people are in school and college for anywhere between five hours a day to, well, university might be a little bit less, but you know, it could be like anywhere between half a day to a full day, four, four hours to like seven hours a day. You know, that's a lot of time. And so if you're not listening to young people, you're not really understanding them, then that connectivity is, isn't there. And that's the whole point of Youth Network is, is to help young people in their, in their, in connecting with um, their own participation and that kind of it starts with a conversation um, it you know it starts with the places where young people want to be and actually for us in youth network that's been really hard because it's been difficult to connect with young people even though you know we've done kind of like poetry competitions we've done online stuff we've done some uh, detached youth work um, speaking to people on the streets we started to do um, you know, um, physical activity, art-based activity. So we've we've kind of tried to listen to what our young people in youth network want, but also what other people want. And then, so for example, we've done quite a few poetry competitions. And the reason why we've done quite a few is because that's what young people have said that they really want. And if young people are saying, well, that's what we want. So that's where we should go. So we've tried to be quite kind of tested what we think young people want from our point of view of knowing what works, but also then testing it in terms of, you know, getting out there and listening to young people, which is why we've got people like Ikra and lots of other people we're working with. Um, I hope that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that, that definitely does make sense. And I think um, it is key, like at the core of everything we do is obviously the voices of young people. And that's why it's so important to platform those voices in any way we can and be that support and provide that guidance um and i think as rohit mentioned like the listening part of it is key because so much of the time and i can even think from my own experiences because i'm i'm still quite young like i'm only 20 <laughs> but um from my own experiences as well like what's missing is that listening part there's so much people skim over or they might not give you that um, they might not see you as a figure to even listen to because of your age or because of your so-called lack of experience even. I think because Meryl is obviously our youth worker, I think she will probably be able to give quite a good perspective on this as well. So how, first of all, let's talk about the youth sector. So what, what needs to be done and what needs to be changed in the youth sector because of COVID? Because as we'd all need to adapt to the different like situation, different context. I know Ikora even talked about how her college life has been quite different. How does the youth sector adapt to this? How can we work differently to approach this? Um, I would say traditionally in a youth sector, there's a lot of, um, I think we've kind of seen this already that 
a lot of it's run by the older generation and there's a lot lack of um young voice and I think that's that's what's needed at the moment and you mentioned about listening and um I remember having a discussion with someone that there's a difference between listening and active listening so it's very easy for you to listen to to someone's point across but to to actively listen to what they're saying takes it a different level so you I guess you're, you're more um I guess whatever they're saying you're, you're, you're taking it and then I'm trying to I'm trying to articulate it a better way um so t- taking it further rather than just putting a a bandage over it does that make sense um so yeah I think I think um you know to to change the youth sector and make it better for young people a lot of young voices is needed um you know we're doing a lot of outreach at the moment and um actually hearing uh, um, young people's um, comments and and their opinion a lot of them mentioned support and guidance um I was thinking about more support but when Ikra said guidance I think that's a better word to say it um, um guidance from from you know the older from the older generation and I guess guidance as well from you know peer to peer I think that kind of during COVID that that lot like that got lost like peer to peer guidance because of um lack of connectivity you know you, you haven't seen your, your friends your your family so yeah. yeah I think that lack of connectivity that you mentioned that's really really been very important especially in the last year like it's really and I think it's it's been a roadblock but also I think it's going to have a really big knock-on effect because it's all happening now so there aren't any studies out saying what what would the effects of this be in like 10 years time but we know that there are going to be effects like it's been two years that have been completely abnormal completely absolutely like, we would never have imagined this situation so it's just it's crazy and like for young people especially when they're in that developmental stage of their life that's so important they're going through so many changes to have all of this on top of that like I can only imagine Ikra like what you've gone through like over the past two years as well how it must have affected you um so going back to Ikra um I'm actually going to put in a statistic here so Luton has um the third youngest population in the country one-fifth of the town is under 16. Do you feel like there are enough resources do you feel like I don't know how everything is set up do you think it reflects this and if it if you feel like it doesn't what what do you think needs to change specifically and what do you think of this statistic as well? Okay um thank you for the question I think statistic is quite high actually I didn't know there was that much young people in our area um to be honest if I'm speaking quite frankly I think there's not enough resources to support young people um and I think the ones that there are don't come across the right way or don't reach the people that they kind of need to be reaching the kind of like target population that really do need this kind of support and these kind of resources are not being targeted um specifically and I think that's a reason why we we're starting to get like higher crime rate um, amongst young people we're starting to get you know lack of unemployment um you know because certain young people just can't get employed um because of the lack of resources that 
they don't have they don't have access to opportunities um some of them because of this feel like you know that they're not worth worth all of this and they feel like they're not worth um kind of just bettering themselves and kind of making a route for themselves which i think is really sad um yeah yeah i know i i like that you mentioned two concrete things like unemployment and crime rates and you said obviously rising unemployment high crime rates these are obviously really big issues these are things which obviously have to be there has to be a plan put out some kind of strategy put out to like guide young people through all this as well and I, I know you mentioned lack of resources I know you mentioned lack of resources do you think off the top of your head can you think of a specific example where you or maybe someone you know were in a situation where you really needed some support and you did not receive it or it was very difficult to access or you didn't know uh, that there was an organization out there that could help you do you think you have an example of that off the top of your head yeah i actually do so um for example when i was young guys get bullied quite a lot and um we weren't told how to kind of where to go or who to speak to stuff people about that and a lot of because of past experience um because this happened previously when you kind of you know went to someone they would kind of shrug you off or think it wasn't a big deal but again like because suicide rates are so high um it's definitely a big deal and i think there's not enough resources or the way that they are kind of shown towards people um it's very kind of brushed up the surface it's very generic you know like call a hotline or go to therapy and I think that's not what young people need here especially because it's an ongoing problem um, that a lot of my friends do face to this day like low self-esteem and stuff and I think you know these generic kind of solutions are not what people need they need more they need more like they need someone who can relate basically they need advice that kind of comes from the heart that's not you know wish-washy or kind of um what's the word like artificial um, they need something that is kind of as if you were speaking to a friend, but I guess in a more professional way, in a more professional manner, which can come to a conclusion. Yeah, I'm really, really sorry to hear about your experiences and that you felt like, well, you didn't receive that support that you needed at the time. And you brought up a very key point that it's all about the communication and the connection, because if there isn't that support provided, if there isn't that you're not relating to young people or you're not giving them that confidence or allowing them to reach what they want to do then that's that's really horrible because it's yeah it's really bad especially when you talk about how you've been personally affected by that so I'm sorry to hear that um and I think Meryl wanted to jump in there and add something yeah I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your experience Ikra um um, the same I'm really sorry that you had to go through that and it's something that a lot of people experience during you know the second secondary um, school you know there's a lot of bullying and it's something that I guess we all know that happens all the time but there's there's nothing that's really been done to to improve it like um like during my time in school there's bullying there's still bullying now by now people should realize it, you know there needs that needs to be done like something needs to be done 
Um, so it's quite disappointing to hear that even like in 2021, that there's nothing the same, uh, I guess the same issues back then, what Ikra said about, you know, when, when you go to a teacher, when you go to someone who is a professional in school, it feels very, what did she say? Wish you, and it's, it's so true. Like, um, you don't feel, you, you almost like tell yourself forget it because no one's going to listen to me and this is what I mentioned earlier about there's a difference between just listening and being actively listening to someone um so yeah I think yeah it's, it's just shocking to hear that um nothing's being like nothing's being done when this is like a reoccurring issue um but you know I think um one of the ways I guess that you know it needs to be solved I guess is better training with teachers with um you know in school in school faculties like they should regularly have a I guess discussion about this because um it may be a small issue and um I know you you know exams are usually the priority in school but mental health and school experience should also be a priority yeah definitely I really agree with you Melvin you brought up some really good points there um I think so obviously this podcast is about young Newton and then the youth sector as well so I think I'd like to ask Ikra because she's on the receiving end of like the youth sector and all these community organizations how do you feel like for you as a young person how does this fit into your like life picture like organizations like ours what do you want to see from organizations like ours like specifically youth network and where ideally like do you see this all going in terms of how should youth organizations be better prepared to maybe to support young people um thanks again for the question um i was going to say i think youth network has kind of given me a lot of guidance something that i really needed um i think it's something that a lot of young people kind of need but don't realize they need you know that like kind of extra push if you'd like to say um and I think just honestly I remember the first time that I actually spoke to Rahid um and he spoke about how you know we don't want to push you further than you want to go we want to kind of give you this autonomy and I think that's so important as well like giving young people that autonomy to kind of decide what they want to do where they want to take certain skills or talents um I think that's really important um and yeah I think Youth network has been nice in the sense that it kind of opens opportunities for you that you didn't realize you have. And I think for a lot of people like um, me, I'm like the first generation here. So for things like, you know, this whole process and being the oldest, kind of, I feel like my whole life I've kind of gone through it alone. Obviously, there's so much that your family can do for you or your friends can do for you. So kind of having that mentor or having that kind of program in place that can kind of guide you and tell you it's going to be okay or like give you this support that you know like for your next steps and stuff can be really helpful and really useful yeah I that feedback was actually thank you for that um I definitely related when you said that it's something that young people need but they don't realize that they need and even looking back at my own like teenage years I can pinpoint so many times when I might have needed support, but I didn't know where to look for that. I didn't know maybe how to go about the channels for getting in a certain place or getting access to resources. So thank you for that, Iqbal. That actually was really nice to hear as well. 
Um, I'm going to introduce Callum now. So Callum is a trustee for Youth Network. Um, yeah, I think I just wanted to ask you about, so obviously we've been talking about young Newton, the youth sector. Um, because you're trustee of Youth Network, how, I think I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked Ikra, but in a slightly different way. So how does the youth sector fit into this picture considering our current context as well and how are we going to adapt that post-covid sorry my uh, space bar wasn't working there uh, can you repeat the first part of the question you cut out for a second yeah um i so i was saying how does the youth sector fit into the picture right now when it comes to supporting young people specifically youth network and how are we going to adjust to kind of relate more to young people's needs post-COVID? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, <clears throat> when it fits in where there's room for it to fit in, which is there's a lot of room for it to fit in, uh, I think the, the important thing about the youth sector is that it's not seen like school. It's not seen as something that can be quite boring to go to. I'm not saying everyone finds it boring, I'm just speaking from my experience. The emotions around school for me were mostly, why do I have to go, I don't want to go, etc, etc. So it's offering a social space for young people to develop, um, to go, go alongside school and to help them get motivated so they can go to school and really figure out what they want to do, um, and how they're going to do that. But also, um, from an education point of view, like social education that school didn't necessarily provide. So, for example, PSHCE, <clears throat> I don't know if it was like at everyone else's school, but when I was at school, it wasn't until afterwards I looked back and realised how important that was as a lesson, things that we could have learnt there, but I didn't. And in turn, a lot of people, you make bad decisions because you just didn't have the information there. So it's... Um, yeah, just feeding into that. Uh, Post-COVID, I think it'd be important for a lot of advice, uh, a space to talk, advice on how to cope with things going forwards, how to cope with things in general, what you can actually do, what's really, what works, what's worked for the, what's worked for me, what's worked for us, and then speaking to young people about that. So yeah, that's a, a simple answer to the question. I mean, that's a very big question you could go into and speak speak on hours for that so yeah yeah I, I like the angle you took down there as well and I remember PSHC ah I hate PSHC yeah I remember or PSE, they're always changing the name yeah they have changed the name but yeah I remember we learned quite a bit about like different religions cultures like values all of that mm. yeah I think that definitely looking back that could have been approached in a lot more informative relevant mm. way well um so thank you for that um i think we're going to go to rahid now and ask as someone who is in that position to kind of map out where we're going as well what do you think are the key areas that demand attention right now what needs to be prioritized if we think about our outputs and what we're going to deliver yeah, sure. I think I think actually it's probably um, summed up in three words. Um, the first word is participation. And that word participation is like an like an active participation. 
in terms of listening, in terms of doing, in terms of thinking. Um, youth networks in a really, really good place because we're, we're, we're embedded within what young people ask. We've got youth trustees, we're highly representative of BME people. We've got people of different faiths and backgrounds, got um, uh, gonna be working with somebody who's um, visually impaired, uh, working with people of um, who have diff who um, you know want to identify the way they want to either in terms of their sexual orientation or in terms of their um, identity, however they choose to. So the first thing is is being participating both in terms of listening and doing and also planning as well and reacting. So a lot of that's really really important. So the first word is participation. The second word is power. Um, so we did this thing, in fact, Katija did this thing where she listened to the Queen's um, speech um, two weeks ago, and there was almost nothing for young people in there. Everything was everything that had to do with power and the way in which the political class runs itself means that young people don't have a voice. They don't have a, they don't have power. And if you're thinking about a town like Luton, which is highly representative of young people, highly representative of the diverse community, if those people don't aren't listened to, then they don't have any power. So it's participation, it's power. And the last word is focus. We need to be really focused in everything we do. Nothing wishy-washy about youth network. We're really, really clear in our objectives and what we want to see. So we want really clear ambitions and we, we want them to be really lofty ambitions. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again, in 2008, there was the financial crash, um, which hit obviously the global financial community. 2010, the new government came in, came on, on board. And since then, the youth sector for the past 10, 11 years has been decimated. You guys are quite young. You didn't really see that and you haven't lived through that. But me as a youth worker, and having worked with national and local organizations, um, both in terms of formal and informal education, it's really difficult to do that. If you think about the young people who are either young parents, young educators in the education sector now, they've actually not had the youth participation that you would have had from a really welcoming, nurturing youth environment. So actually, even you, you guys, even your teachers, they didn't actually learn the skills and tools that informal education gives you. You'll, you'll go away and do four hours of maths and, and, and English and science a week, and you'll, and you'll be tested on that. You'll get a qualification on that. Where's your life qualification? Where's the life qualification in terms of SMSE and PSHE? Where is that? But yet we expect young people, by the time they get to the age of 15, to know exactly what they're doing in their life. You're not, you're not going to be measured on these metrics that you get between the age of 11 and 16 or 11 and 18 forever. You're going to need to know how you're going to actually take your place in the world. And that's exactly what Youth Network's going to do. So it's participation, it's power, it's focus, and dare I say, it's youth-led. That, that was great. I loved how you narrowed, narrowed it down to those three words and then reiterated them at the end. That, that actually really worked. It got me thinking about quite a few things and like the different dimensions of it all as well, which is really great um I think I wanted to ask Ikra I think because obviously this is a youth organization <laughs> I keep going back to that point but what do you think about Rahid just said do you feel like you resonated with a couple of 
the points and like the three like what we're like focusing on in terms of the three words that he gave um how did that make you feel yeah it definitely made me hopeful I have to say that for the first thing but um also I feel like I have to agree with um him on the sense that we do a lot of academic stuff you know we kind of live our whole lives you know, getting GCSEs and then you get your A-levels or you do your B-Tech or you get your apprenticeship. And especially because of Corona, um, because our college life was so much shorter, I felt like, I feel like I've gotten my A-levels, but I haven't gotten like a certificate or guidance to life. You kind of go through all your education life, you get to college, and that's where most people go to university or they go to uh, apprenticeship or they get a job or they take a gap year or whatever and it's kind of like here you go you kind of just get chucked into the real world without any you know anything any guidance you're just told to kind of become an adult from the age that you're 18 onwards and I think um, even when like finance and stuff like that is taught or when you're taught like life skills and stuff it's very um, again like very superficial it's very brushed on the surface it's very you know um, points in a presentation slide um, and it doesn't really go into the kind of questions that young people you know ask themselves um, a lot of people don't know how to pay the bills or don't know about taxes and that's things that we don't learn about we don't learn about um, you know how do you make a cv or um, what if i don't want to go to university and i think that's another reason why a lot of people choose to go to university because if they prolong the education they assume that they might kind of realize how to live their life or what to do um when the reality is most of us are very clueless um even the ones that do have the kind of a plan of where they want to go because it's almost like if you have a plan or if you're going to go to university you know you're going to figure your life out and again that goes back to like the high crime rate and the there's no, you know people are not getting employed and there's low employment rate because people are coming out of university or they're coming out of the apprenticeship or they're coming out of getting these you know academic certificates and then it's like where do you go from that because you know you're not told how to kind of progress from that stage yeah yeah definitely you've given so many great examples and so many points to think about I think it's almost like you're put into this bubble this safety blanket for like the first I don't know 18 years of your life and then suddenly it's gone and you're like hang on what was that what am I meant to do now and I really relate to the point about sometimes people might just go uni because they're like actually this is what's been mapped out I don't actually know what I'm going to be doing if I don't go to uni because no other op options have been given to me and I think that's where information is so powerful like even as you gave the example of learning how to write a CV that is such a big life skill the fact that you just have to kind of learn that yourself rather than actually being taught something like that it's just insane and um, Meryl how do you feel about that yeah I kind of agree with the whole uni thing um I always tell people right that uni is not for everyone like don't just go to uni just because that's what society tells you to do or like what you know you should go for um like a, a lot of young people don't realize that that there are other options out there and Ikra mentioned like um you know it's just we're not taught or like not enough information is being shared to young people so 
what she mentioned earlier as well about like lack of resources and I guess that's the problem as well um young people don't have access to to the right information the right guidance again about guidance um about that there are better options out there rather than just uni because at the end of the day if you go to uni and you don't enjoy it you'll end up with thousands of you know pounds of debt basically and um that's the issue as well with like um you know poverty like young people um not being able to afford to buy their own house to buy their own flat because they have their debt to worry about and other things as well yeah definitely there's there's just so many options out there but sometimes you feel like you don't have any options and that's quite scary actually um how about you Callum how do you have a similar view on that to Ikra or do you feel a different way uh, what part specifically because Ikra was uh covered a lot right then yeah she did she did cover a lot I think specifically on how young people don't have access to a lot of information which is very useful for them and very key to like life growing up and maybe you could give a couple of examples yourself and how can this actually be structurally solved or like changed okay yep so yeah when I was at school there definitely wasn't enough information about what you could do I did an apprenticeship in engineering and I was quite fortunate. I was 16. I went to a, to a lot of different apprenticeships, tried to go for a lot of them. Eventually, I did get one, which was a good company and got a good qualification out of that. And a job that pays relatively well and that I enjoy relatively, I relatively enjoy it. Um, but in terms of, yeah, young people just don't know exactly what they want to do and university can be an easy option. Yeah, I'll go to university and then I will know what to do and uh, so forth. How would you solve that problem? I think it's just about exposure, just trying everything you can try and just seeing what you enjoy, really. It's, uh, and you can do that at any age. It doesn't have to when you're young, you can be in your 20s, 30s, 40s. Just every opportunity you get when you think, just, just say yes. Be like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Volunteer in places, do internships, uh, try, try new stuff, speak to new people, and you'll realise there's, there's so much out there. The issue is, it's the initiative to do that and uh, it's easy to go to school everything gets done for you effectively in terms of your talk you write it down in the book you don't necessarily develop that initiative muscle where you start going out of your way to to do these things and all schools really need to do is make it clear that this is available uh, i was fortunate with doing apprenticeships well, i mentioned before because my parents were very catering. They took me to the interviews, which were sometimes, you know, I was staying overnight in places it was far away or making sure I got there on time, helping me fill out my applications, etc. So, and obviously not everyone has that. So that was um, a fortunate thing, which is where schools would need to step in since not all parents are going to be able to do that or are going to do that for the kids or even know how to do that for their kids. So that would be important. Um, that would definitely start to solve the problem. Again, like the other answer you could go into this for hours and hours and hours breaking it down but i think that would be one of the first steps and quite an easy simple step to take to solve that yeah i really like the point you brought up about initiative because unfortunately school just builds a learning environment where 
pretty much everything you do is controlled and structured and there's not really much space to grow independently it's very um grade orientated it's very like you're put into sets you're put into like it's it's like it's very structured to the point of like it really stifles any form of expression which goes contrary to like any of that so like encouraging initiative is so important um I think following on from that I think that's a space that actually the youth sector is here to fill as in going to young people and actually saying how do you feel about doing this or what kind of opportunities do you actually see yourself doing in now or in a couple of years like actually mapping these things out providing that information being that support and I think that's really important especially now like post-covid now that everything's kind of gone a bit up in the air and it's maybe a bit more difficult to access certain things um I think just to end off I'm gonna ask Rahid about I think I already touched on this, but just a bit more specifically about youth network, our work, and how how we basically will reflect a lot of what we've spoken about today, maybe like embody certain things we've spoken about as well. Thanks, Katija. So I think actually, um, I'm just gonna go back to my original point, which was, um, I'm gonna go back to, to two of the original points that I've made. And those, those are participation and focus. What we need to do is, so for example, Ikra is with us today, right? And Ikra has been part of the poetry competition and she, she's already said that, you know, there's certain very specific things we, we need to do. What we as a youth organization must do, and it's really critical, is that we listen to what Ikra says and people like Ikra, and we say to them, right, okay, how do we make this happen? But we don't make it happen by saying, OK, we're going to go make it happen now. Thanks very much. See you later. What we do is we work with ICRA to say, what are those resources that you were talking about? What is the what is the um, what is the way in which we provide that mentoring support? Is this something that you can do to work with us to move forward? Because that's the participation element of it. And that needs to be really clear. And the second thing is focus. And when I say focus, we've actually got to do one of two things. Number one, we've got to do the quick things really easy, easily. So the things that Cal, Cal said, you know, there's certain things we can do really easily and really quickly. So you need some quick wins. So really simple stuff. But at the same time, you've got to do the difficult stuff as well. And actually, that comes onto, onto so actually a really quick thing that Meryl's doing straight away is she's going out two or three times a week speaking to people. So she's doing the detached youth work. We're in people's faces. I think our T-shirts have arrived, by the way, today. So we'll have our T-shirts and our lanyards. We're going to be excited. out there. We're going to be out there straight away every day this week. I mean, I think it's the last rainy day today. Please, God, let it be the last rainy day. And then we can be out there. In We can be out there. The days are long. So we can be out there straight away. And the second thing with that is actually we've got to do the difficult things. And actually part of the difficult things is, is Katija's work. And that actually is stakeholder engagement and the research and evidence. So there's all these really, really clever reports saying, oh, yeah, this is what will make Luton great, blah, 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 blah. Less than 2% of the people who were asked the questions about what Luton's future is going to be was, was, was under 25, so was young people themselves. So if the majority of people in Luton are young people, but when people, do, when people in Luton say, what are we going to do 
to for you know to make Luton great, um, make it a really great place to live. But you don't ask those young people. What's the point in having those reports? What's the point in that policy? So we've actually got to do the difficult stuff as well. So we've got to engage in the long-term sustainable development, but it's not going to happen unless we don't work with young people. So essentially, we're going to listen, we're going to participate, we're going to have focus, and we're going to grow. This is a movement. This is a movement we are creating, and it's going to get bigger and cleverer and more agile, and it's going to, it's not, it's not going to talk. Well, it is going to talk, but it's going to talk and do. And we're going to keep talking and doing and talking and doing and learning and listening and growing and evolving as we go along. Because this is just the part of the journey. Part, it's only the start of the journey. I probably spoke too much. Sorry, Katija. No, that's all right. I think you rounded everything up quite nicely. And um, I think it brings up a lot of questions and actually a lot of context going forward because I myself, I've learned quite a bit just in these what 40 minutes and I've just been like my mind's been going I'm like oh we could do this we could do this in like response to like even a lot of the things Ikra has brought up which has been really helpful and really great um so thank you everyone for this great conversation and hopefully this will be going out soon and yeah tune into Youth Network Unfiltered and we're going to have some great episodes coming up as well on loads of different topics it's going to be really fun and obviously we want a platform youth voices so if anyone wants to get involved 